Hello, this is Occultus Anonymous with episode 13 of our ongoing Star Trek Adventures miniseries, Space and Time. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, right, this is still me. Welcome back, everybody, to Occultus Anonymous, our little corner of the thing on the internet. Uh, we are, as always, sponsored by Rule 20 and viewers like you, uh, specifically Ryan, Thomas, Nova, Harry, Michael, Brandon, Catfeathers, Josh, Alexander, Puppeteer, Sina, Emil, Moku, Melissa, Doc the Doomed, Other Michael, The Arcane, Bernie, Alan Michael, Al, Yusuf Sama, Ash Killed a Man, <laughs> <laughs> Julian, Delora, Jenny, Blood Angel, <laughs> Jack, Zoltan, Funzo, Sue, uh, Milo V3, Vortex, Adele, Crazy Man 1772, George Woodfoot, Neo Magus, Chris, Shekstara, Lost to the Void, Camo, Toast, Daniel, Thomas, Taryn, Angfaleth, Parker, and Riafio. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, the funds that we raise through uh, Patreon go towards uh, refreshing equipment and replacing broken stuff and paying for artwork for the awesome new product one. Really looking forward. Uh, can't wait. Oh, it's gonna be real good. Um, well, we we're still waiting to really, really see Theo, which is like the thing that's <laughs> like got me super hyped now because I've seen seen all the other little little mages yeah. that I'm going to ruin and destroy, and and oh, Theo yeah. is still kind of in concept world. What's what's dead can never die, Drew. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, and Theo's already done that trip once, right? We'll that later. <laughs> um. <laughs> So we last left our story, our crew had found themselves on an um, on some sort of a facility somewhere in reality. They have no <laughs> idea where they are um, or even when they are. Um, the, the Klingon Captain Gupak had reached the facility before them, but when they explored this um, or six dome sort of habitat, um, they found signs that he had been there, but had no sign of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it hypothesized that he found some sort of device to cloak himself, um, proceeded to do a systematic search while Dr. Hudson was doing some surgery on the badly wounded prophet. Um, and Lieutenant Coleman and, and Maya were seeing what they could figure out with what appeared to be like medical kits or something that they found in the medical bay. Um, the captain taking some bold action, um, did a very good job of taunting Captain Gupak. Um, and spurred him into action. Um, however, probably not in the way that he had intended. Pock made a straight run for the medical bay. Um, the commander tried to intercept him, um, scored a pretty good hit at an invisible Klingon with a wide beam phaser blast. Uh, but Pock still managed to get a shot off. However, rolled terribly and just grazed the patient. It very well could have killed the prophet. Um, uh, and then He's uh, the lieutenant, shot. using her captured Klingon disruptor, decided enough of this. I'm working. You're distracting me, and deleted him. Yeah, disintegrated the Klingon captain. Um, so well done, everyone. The threat is done, and now you just need to figure out where you're going to go from here. Uh, Doctor Hudson is still in the middle of surgery. Just needs one more success uh, to complete um, the work that he's doing on the Prophet, and. Um, we're trying to find a way through the energy field that is currently blocking access to the chamber of the builder, where apparently in some sort of egg shaped 
pod, uh, an actual builder um, resides. Um, so where do we want to start? You guys, uh, Zuconan, Commander Kitniel, and Maya were working on building a device that would be able to punch a hole through that energy shield that's protecting mm-hmm. the door that gives access to the chamber of the building. And Dr. Hudson still needs one more success, assisted by his captain. So Dr. Hudson, one of you, one of you guys will resolve that next and give me another Cool. Role. Yeah, I'm going to roll assist. Uh, because you spent the two momentum to get an advantage, their difficulty has been reduced to one. Cool. And you can re-roll one of your d20s. Get a bonus momentum. Heck Ooh, yeah. Critical. That's good, yes. That's a yes. crit. <laughs> so That's difficulty two. was one, so you guys can bank uh, three. three three, of those. Excellent. That's your nice, nice. Big cool momentum going into the final stages of this. Five by mm-hmm. yeah? yeah, five right now. Yep. Okay. It's three and successes so- after four types of things. All right. Um, and Lieutenant Colin um, and Maya and Commander Kitniel are working on your device. You guys decide to work independently. Uh, difficulty was two for all of that. And we got uh, for Maya. three. Yeah. You got, well, you need to have three successes. You've only earned one success so far, so you're still working independently okay. to try and build two more successes. Maya just gets one. Yeah, use your focus. Commander Kitniel, you want to roll? Indeed. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna yeah roll my one. Okay. It was right, just a you. straight up reason and science roll, right, for me because yep. I'm sifting mm-hmm. through the science lab. Yep. Two for me. No problem. There's your two successes. All right. All right. So, Captain and Doctor Hudson, um, you finish your surgery, close up your patient, you manage repairing of the internal damage. Um. So. It will still take a little bit of time, like one more time sequence to deal up his stress and stuff like that, but he is uh, definitely back to full form. It just needs a, a little bit of rest now. What do you guys want to do while your patient is resting? You are in the middle of a medical lab with all kinds of medical devices <laughs> all around you. That you have no idea what they do. The doc is now able to nerd out. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, something like uh, insight science or something like that. To um, insight yeah, engineering or, or insight medicine. Oh, okay. In this case. I, I keep trying to not rely on my my fiber, but you know, if it <laughs> well, applies, it applies. You're in a medical bay. If you're looking for medical devices, medicine would definitely apply. Sure. Um, and I would accept reason um, medicine as well, but at a higher difficulty. So it's fine. All right. So um, you're looking at a difficulty three. Okay. And Captain, what are you up to? Well, um, I would continue assisting if that's relevant. Uh, okay, Dog so you spent you spent a momentum. For, um, to get a third die. <laughs> cool. Then let me mark that off. All right. Uh, you may give me a D thirty five, please. <laughs> Fortunately, we're playing on roll twenty, yes. where we can just invent up whatever number of sides we want. 
Type slash roll. Yeah, actually one type it. Yeah. yeah, you have to actually type yeah. it. We'll roll you, you a d35. Is there any space or anything? It's slash r one d thirty five or slash r space one d one d thirty five. We are spoiled by the number of macros twenty four. Okay, which, as everybody knows, is forty two inverted, which makes that a lucky number. <laughs> I'll make the rules. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I'm looking at you. All right, so you found an interesting device. Um, <laughs> Go hang on, on, I'm explaining. I'm explaining. <laughs> Just do thing. Um, so this is a handheld device. It's uh, an orb um, uh, with some like studs on it uh, that you activate. Um, and as near as you can tell, based on your scans, this would um, be equivalent to like a a, um, a neural disruptor. Um, it would have the effect of um, basically just overloading neurons temporarily, um, effectively knocking out individuals within the area of effect. Um, so it'll be close, close range. Uh, you, uh, by the individual using the device is not affected. But doing it in a med lab. <laughs> this is also a med research lab. Sure. So this would be like a defensive weapon, right? So if people were coming to attack you, you would activate this and basically knock them all unconscious for a period of time. Seems like a good so, thing for the doc to have. Just yeah. slide that um, into the pocket, tell nobody. <laughs> um, and as far as you can tell, it appears to be completely harmless. Um, it would affect pretty much any sentient figure. You are confident it will not actually hurt anyone. Yeah, it will not actually hurt anyone. Although, depending on, they may take incidental injuries from falling or something like that. Depending yeah, on the activity they're engaged in, what they're laid off. Flying through the air and you... Sure. <laughs> but the device itself does not cause any permanent injury. Um, fall and get a concussion? Possibly. Well, you should or wear possibly helmets. break something if you were if you were really bad. Uh, Catherine, what were you up to? Uh, let's see. I think um, helping the doctor doesn't really make any sense. So, profit's unconscious. Uh, people are elsewhere. Hmm. Oh, the, plat the captain is going to make a diplomatic plan for engaging the builder. Okay. So that's like, uh, I'm going to, how would he do this? He would think about um, stories for Starfleet protocol, things he might want to mention, uh, aspects of this, also the things that he should and could say that, um, or sorry, should not say that would get him or his crew in trouble uh, when they are definitely going to have to talk to Starfleet command about this in the future. Uh, so although this is uh, not directly relevant to the orders in that one planet, they're not violating any specific protocol there. There's probably going to be a conversation about it. Like this seems similar. Mm -hmm. So what's up? All right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that, that's generally what he's doing, like planning out how he's going to engage the builders. So unknown species 
I'll give you a difficulty two roll to create an advantage later. Sweet, cool. Speed presence command. Yeah. Alrighty, cool. And I'm assuming diplomacy. Yep. Alrighty, great. Difficult two. I'm going to spend one momentum. And this this reflects the effort of thinking of contingencies and if this happens, what am I going to do? And just working out like a decision tree, the kind of stuff that will give you ready responses if things if you have management contact ready. That's what the captain likes to do. Yes. Skills of project management. That's what a captain does. Alrighty. Ooh, jeez. Mm. Dang. Okay. What the heck was that? Right, it's 13, a 20, <laughs> and a 19. That's a bad roll right there. Um, I'm going to bank that momentum, or that uh, threat. Okay, so you're going to take the compilation as threat. Okay, I'm going to take the compilation as threat. Great. All right. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. That's those guys. Oh, that's Anderson Colin. Did we mm-hmm. get the roll from you guys? Yeah, we did all that, right? The yeah. okay. uh, first right, round. Yeah. Are, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for this time slot, we did, yeah. Get another set of rolls from you guys. You need one more to be able to build your device. Okay. I'll do mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the commander continues to show up so he doesn't get to the <laughs> helps. Yeah, uh, so they're Moral not support. much at all. Uh, difficulty, did we say difficulty three? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So you, you made it with your two dice, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, the commander so you have helps. Your, so you have an emitter that you think is going to punch a hole through the shield. So you take it into um, the medical bay and get it all set up. Uh, um, sort of mounted on a trot stand kind of thing. Um, look up the power sources that you guys uh, act, uh, got for it. Uh, hit the activation and sure enough, zoom, and you've got this little square door through the energy shield. Ooh, awesome. Um, so now you can access the controls or... You still have to figure out how to get the door open. Yeah. And um, but, in, um, and that's also another time segment, which means the profit will be up and around at this point. Great. Okay. Um, and just a memory check. The uh, the profit has never seen these doors even closed before. No, the doors have been closed. Okay. He knows, he knows about so, the he's never seen the defenses. Actually. Okay. And that's what I was, I was unclear about whether the door was part of the defenses or not. Okay, cool. Sure. All right. Um, so um, the prophet comes forward um, and uh, makes some gestures that appear just to be empty ritual. You're not certain. Um, and then he reaches out and sets his hand on the panel um, with his fingers in this sort of a panel. Oh, cool. Um, that and, would be the live um, long and prosper Vulcan sign for those in podcast land. Do they have five fingers? Well, he has five fingers, hmm. um, but the panel has three, like a th- three trenches three. of his fingers, joined fingers fit into. Um, there is a beep, and Activate the energy the shield drops, grade. and the door iris is open. Uh, you see beyond you a um, fairly large chamber. Uh, the first thing you see is what you assume is a power core of some kind. It looks kind of like a warp core. Um, just in its general structure, but it, it, it definitely looks different. Mm. Um, there's all kinds of devices, consoles in uh, three concentric circles um, in the middle of the room. And the far side of the room, 
you can see that there's a large gate, very similar to the one that you guys passed through mm. in the Temple of the Builders. In the very center of the room is a large egg-shaped chamber with uh, like a, a transparent section on it. You can see a figure in there. Um, and most of the consoles and equipment in this chamber are active. So there's blinky lights going on and displays are showing data. That doesn't make any sense to any of you guys. Uh, and the prophet, just with a little bit of reverence in his voice, is the chamber of the builder. Uh, Captain, if it's all right with you, um, and prophet, if you'll uh, permit me, uh, I'd like to escort you in. Sure. And basically, yeah. <laughs> you know, one one step back into the side of the prophet. Pretty sure nothing's about to jump out at us, but commander is sure. being cautious. Um. So. Minor sort of like just attention jumps, like Mm. as you're walking by, you hear consoles beep and, you know, there's a little whirring sound over there, but it all appears to be fairly benign. Um, But there is a lot of activity happening in this room, all automated. Um, Ask a question out of character. Sure. Does any of this remind Commander Kitney all of what he learned about before? Um, I need more context. So when he grabbed the orb that transmitted into his head a lot of compressed knowledge, and he was able to sift through it to get instructions about activating the defenses within the previous chamber, the, the in the um, temple of the, the builders atrium sure. when we were yeah, up yeah. on the second floor of the atrium mm-hmm. and all those in the in the temple prior to getting here. Um, he doesn't understand this specific machinery, but it does look similar. Okay. Um. So the same sort of technology but possibly more advanced hmm. um, than what you saw in the temple which you can also sense. see um, there's a few locations where there's like pedestals and sitting on those pedestals are more of those glowing orbs or yeah these orbs are glowing but they're like the orbs you found in that first room in the temple of the builders that when you picked it up there was an energy discharge and you had a thousand university lectures happen for you instantaneously Managed to pick out details of one. So there's several of these orbs scattered around the room here. Um, What's everyone else doing while the commander and the prophet are heading towards the central area of the chamber? (laughs) Restraining Maya. (laughs) She's just Uh, standing there in awe, like mouth hanging open. She's trying to look at everything at once. Trying to figure out if we're allowed to go inside. If so, I'm just going to kind of follow behind, like. Sure. Sure. Nice and observant, and I'm not trying to break like, anything in here. Uh, give me a reason science roll, would you, Lieutenant? Mm-hmm. I already have this highlighted. Well. Okay. Um, so it looks like there's planetary displays on some of these consoles. Um, you're not sure if they're historical or um, or current, um, but there's a few of these consoles that are displaying planets, and there's some sort of data scrolling by constantly as they're showing like a picture of a planet slowly rotating. Um, but that's all you get for that. I'll, I'll, I'm going to pocket that complication. Mm-hmm. Uh, as like- what? Just for later, a complication of some kind? Well, a, a complication has taken place, but I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Gotcha. It's even better. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to keep that complication in my pocket. 
Cool. Oh, okay. Um, so, and Dr. Hudson, what are you up to? Are you hanging by the door? Uh, or are you coming into the chamber? Coming in. Keeping an eye okay. on everyone. Uh, give me a reason science goal. A reason medicine. <laughs> sure. A two. Okay. Uh, you can bank momentum. There's one console um, off to your right that looks to be displaying um, bioscans of different species sort of in sequence, like a, a bioscan will pop up and you'll see data scroll by and then another bioscan will pop up and you'll see data scroll by. Um, it, uh, and, and you recognize that it's uh, actually um, appears to be bioscans of you guys. Mm. Right? So you see, you know, um, two Andorians and human. Right? Um, so it, it appears to be collecting data and analyzing data about you folks. As you're moving through the chamber, um, like insight science or something like that to either snag the data feed or just kind of interpret it to see like what specifically. Like, I get that they're scan; they've scanned us, but try and figure out why, sure, or what they're interested in. Okay. Uh, insight science makes sense for that? Yeah. I'll go for that. Okay. Um, so the scanning taking place appears to be a sorting of some kind. So you'll see like a human bioscan comes up um, and you get the feeling that that is rejected. right? But one of the Nevade bioscience comes up and that's accepted. Um, so it could be some kind of a security um, device that is checking for the presence of a prophet or one of the prophet species. <laughs> um, that could be what's going on. That's what you're able to interpret with your insight. Uh, Captain, what are you up to? Hmm. Preparing to engage the builder and following the prophet's lead. So uh, escorting, you know, after Commander Kitneal's, uh helpful and mm -hmm. timely uh procession right i think the captain would turn to the prophet and say well uh, i'll follow your lead but i am practiced in diplomacy and it would be my honor to engage the builder by your side once i have done the ritual of welcoming um she will speak with i'm sure she will speak with all of us do you need my help with the ritual? Um, no, I can I can perform it. It was supposed to be done by one of the prophets. Very well. Um, so he proceeds to engage in this um, fairly elaborate ritual. It takes a couple of minutes, um, including taking some things out of his robe and setting them down. And you know, uh, appears a, a light um, or energize a small device. Um, place a small pattern of other devices around it, and they all seem to react to that first device. Um, and after um, a few minutes, um, he rises from his knees and stands up. And then you hear a voice. Like, it's like you're hearing something, but there's nothing coming through the auditory channel. right? So it sounds like you're hearing something in your head, but the voice is just there. Hello, headphones. 
sort of mental headphones, yeah. Um, and this um, feminine-sounding voice says, "Welcome." We. I am Nimerin. We greet you, Nimerin, and we're grateful for your welcome. I see that. My wards have finally established contact with the rest of the galaxy. By our luck and theirs. Of course. Would it be foolish of me to presume that you know who and we are? I know much, but I am not omniscient. Very well. I know that you claim to be on missions of peace, but travel in a warship. I know that you feel that you are scientists and diplomats, yet have training in combat and warfare. This does not cause me disquiet. My people are very aware that the galaxy is a dangerous place. What has brought you to me this day? What has brought us to you is, well, something similar to what you just described. The fact that life is full of contradictions. We are indeed on a mission of peace, and we are armed to allow us to engage in peace, despite the fact that others would attempt to engage us in war. And we are entrained in combat so that we are able to attempt diplomacy when others are reluctant to do so. We've come a great distance, and we feel privileged to engage and evade, and we're allowed the opportunity to aid them in overthrowing the oppression of the Klingons, a people who have warred against us for many years. And some consider you to be demons of the past and representations of a hideous past that they only tell of in stories. My hope, and it is not foolish of me to presume that this hope is shared by the members of my crew with me today, is that we can benefit from your wisdom and perhaps your assistance to undo some harm that faced us in the course of the help we are trying to provide to the wards that you consider so virtuous. You bring up subjects that cause me pain. We were once a grand society. and saw our role as caretakers of the universe. Through our development, we understood the dangers of sharing knowledge too quickly. And made it our policy, our foundational belief to not interfere 
in less advanced cultures to help where we could, aid where we could, but allow their development to proceed at its own pace. These were difficult lessons learned at cost. But some of those places saw what we could do and became jealous and demanded more than we were willing to give. They destroyed my people. Our technology advanced to the point where we no longer carried weapons of war. We did not defend ourselves. We had uplifted races or heralds to help us. But in the end, the heralds were not enough. I may very well be the last of my species. To hear that there's still much fear of my people and the cultures you speak of is disheartening. I can help you. What? From what you tell me, it is clear that the galaxy is not ready for my people to return. I must ask that you never speak of me or this place or my location. I sense the hostility of the one who came just before you. I am the full repository of all my people's knowledge. Everything we were resides in me. If I were to die, our light would be out forever. Do you agree to those terms? We do. Commander Kitneal looks at Wanad and like phaser in hand. <laughs> mm-hmm. You do not seem like conquerors. Our stories tell of terrible danger and great evil and oppression. And then Marin responds, there was no oppression. We welcomed those who had advanced enough. We left those who were not ready for the knowledge and technology that we had to develop on their own. Many saw this as denying them something that they somehow deserved. Perhaps. 
I do not deny that my people are sometimes covetous of the powers of others. I will keep your secret. Not that it matters. I do not know how to get to this place anyway. The Marion says, very well. I can instruct one of you on how to set the gate. But you need to choose. My people had developed the ability to travel through time, but we could never go. Our physiology is intimately connected in the, the, with the time that we live in. When we travel through time, our reality becomes that new time. We forget everything we knew before we traveled. So we used our heralds. Our heralds were able to explore. Some messages to warnings, learn. So I can give one of you the knowledge to activate the gate and transport yourself to a time and place of your choosing. Amen. I appreciate your caution. I'm grateful for your assistance. And we absolutely understand your need for privacy. And in that note, and in that way, I think perhaps it might be fitting for you to bestow such knowledge upon, and then Chichalor motions to Maya, to this earnest member of the Nevade who has aided us despite the danger and despite the prohibition, so that the knowledge to do so stays with her people, and there is further reduced risk of anyone reaching this chamber as a part of our, and then he, like, you know, motions to Starfleet, um, or, or their civilizations. Um, Maya looks um, like there's a war going on on her face between emotions. She's excited, but scared and um, very grateful that you put her name forward, but also um, aware of the responsibility that that might entail. Um, and you hear Nemeris again saying, Maya, do you accept this responsibility? Maya says, I do. And the Marine says, you understand what that means. And Maya thinks for a moment and says, yes, I do. I will have to remain. And the Marine says, very well. Tell me when and where you would like to go. I must caution you that you must not interact with any other versions of yourselves. The will paradox those, could be catastrophic. Will those versions be present when we go there? Depending on where you go, yes. 
then um, will you give us a moment? You may have all the time you wish. We're time traveling. We're not in any rush. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I figured we could, you know, all the four of us chat about it. So Captain Trichelor would immediately turn, um, like huddle up. Um, And he'd say that I think we want to go back to before the ship exploded. Mm -hmm. Do we want to go back before we met in the Vade? No. Because we need to stop the Klingons. Sorry, we're not. Um, But my thought, depending on what Maya and the uh, uh, Numeran can do, is return us to our ship. And we had no radio contact. Radio is the wrong term, whatever. Um, with ourselves on the ground on planet, so we can assume command there, maintain that silence. Um, but we get into paradox stuff there. We would only get into paradox if we allowed Wing Commander Levine to see both of ourselves. If we were to immediately leave the system and allow things to proceed as they have in our respective lives, then we'd have no reason or need to interact with those other versions of ourselves. And I'm going to switch this to out of character real quick, just so we <laughs> can we can clarify here, because if we travel to our ship, mm-hmm. ourselves oh. are down on the earth, yeah, on the planet. Mm-hmm. What happens to them when the Enterprise Enterprise? Wow, uh, the Curie leaves after blowing up some Klingon ships. We just um, split timelines, right? Leave, well, I mean, split timelines. Whatever they have to go through the, the thing, and then the, yeah, they gotta go through the, the whole loop. Through the loop. Yeah, it's Didn't more like when they have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Close the loop. Thank you, Chris. Right. Thank you. Will they go through? Well, yeah, of course they'll still go through. They'll just not be chasing a Klingon. They will have gone through because we Because we are on the ship, so it's happened. Are you with me? It's already happened. They will have become wizards because they already were, have been, will have becoming wizards. Yeah, it just depends on if we're going with like alternate timelines for some time travel or with. There is only one timeline, in which case they will still can do that ask, because we're on the ship the and the ship's not exploded. Time wizard? Yeah, <laughs> right. And that's that, that's that's my thing. But is is I, I what think, sort of time travel do we right. have? Here? Oh, wise and beautiful waifu of the of the lake. <laughs> yeah, um, but notably, I, 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 are, are we all in agreement that basically our our other selves help uh, you know land down below, and then we take command of the ship the exact when. Uh, is, you know, kind of, you know, we can wiggle that, but we're all on board of just like, hey, yeah, we're going back to the Land ship. on the transporter pad, and we yeah. thank our engineering friend for a wonderful job bringing us back after a successful mission. Yeah. We act like nothing ever happens. <laughs> I think if we go on the ship after... Uh, and then... I realize, Ash, you haven't chimed in yet, so I'll wait, actually. No, I was just thinking, like, that's... 
Yeah, pretty much at some point after we landed before the ship decloaked, so we can. I mean, you could just stay and like try to be prepared because we know where they're coming from. Right, that's my thought. Instead of just up and leaving the system. Mm-hmm. So just to um, help focus the, the discussion a little bit, I'm going to throw just some hypotheticals. These are not suggestions. Oh, I have an idea. Just some oh, hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. You could, for example, travel farther back in time than the days that are happening here mm-hmm. and appear on Shivari's ship. Oh! Redirect her to arrive at the moment of the Klingon attack mm. and assist you. You could appear on your ship and take command and try and avoid the attack. However, that will change things immediately. So you may still have an attack happen. That's little dice here. You could appear on the Bird of Prey. Yes. Boarding <laughs> action. That sounds or, fun. Or disable the cloak or something. Um, there's... Uh, <laughs> Right. We did want uh, to collect a, bl- a bird of prey to strap onto the back of the yeah. Curie. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. mounted as a hood ornament. Right? <laughs> I like that one. The Rookery steals a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> so, those are the kinds of things you could you do. You don't necessarily have to worry about preserving the timeline because a new timeline will flow out. Because of the intervention of the gate and stuff, there's no yeah. issue there. Yeah. Right. It's not like you're going to. Take yourselves out of existence because you never went through the gate to travel back in time in the first place. Cool. As long as that, yeah, because because that was my thing. I was like, how are we going to get that? That causes a. Yeah. Yeah, no. The fact that we are there there now means we went through the gate and did all this. Yep. Mm -hmm. Sure. Cool. Doesn't have nearly enough times of different prepositions and shit yep so <laughs> so these are these are the things that so so <laughs> oh, yeah like, or, i'm super excited about we talked four, about option five you have a few different ways to go yeah so another option is um, this is what i was thinking of in terms of getting on the ship right um we get on there before things are happening and as soon as communication um is cut off right and they can't ping anybody um and it seems like things are dire we boldly come onto the bridge and take command and solve all the problems, right? So we could do that, or we could do the fun thing where we get to have one additional away mission on a bird up, right? <laughs> yes. I like that one. I really do, because we will be heroes of the Federation when we turn in oh, a yeah. captured the- bird of <laughs> yeah. prey. Also, they run small crews, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And given the casualties you've already inflicted, there'll be about a dozen people. Chris? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I missed it. What are we doing with our Klingon friend? That was the well, other thing I was going to bring up too. Okay, yeah. that is a so, potential complication. Mm-hmm. Because Klingon. the doctor is not very personable, but would definitely be like, "Well, you've done a great job leading this mission to defeat the rogue leader of your faction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why don't we time travel out of here and you?" can walk right back out that door. Return to a successful and enlightened. I mean, we I mean, I am actually all on board with send him to a different timeline entirely where he gets to win. It's a win-win. I mean, he already yeah. won. Just right. let him go back and have one. Mhm. But he, she did so, kind of say like one. So so one trip. I yeah, so so Captain Trichelor has a suggestion in this regard because he's been trying to build to this. Okay, he's trying to build to the alliance. No, and you just know, to clarify, the yeah. word of prey was Gupak's ship. Sure. Yes. yes, 
Oh, and he is not a member of Gupak's crew. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, take him with the This is what I'd suggest. It's, it's one trip. Everyone has to go to the same destination. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Oh. One trip. Hmm. Which, okay. to be fair, he wants to kill Gupak. Yeah. So I think I think he takes over the ship. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. He doesn't care about those crew. I mean, Gupak was on the ship when they killed our ship, right? Right. Right. But, I mean, nobody has to know that. <laughs> um, doing that way would probably get him on board. There'd still be a little bit of a negotiating suit. However, that would mean that you wouldn't have that as a prize then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I think is... We, we, we stab might him have in a... the back. <laughs> I, I mean, Commander Kidneal is, is willing to do that. Like, much... So... So to try and discourage the whole <laughs> out of character, we hate Klingons. Let's go Klingon rage, right? Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, and to perhaps provide a little bit more possible emphasis. And this isn't required to please Ralph, right? I'm just mentioning in the narrative, right? Uh, Commander Chichilor, sorry, Captain Chichilor has been building towards let's try and build some ties with a Klingon of some kind. Because that would also be a coup for the Federation. Mm -hmm. We have a ship we've captured or... We have a Klingon ally and this kind of tenuous balance as a consequence of what happened. If we give him the bird of prey and we give him, you know, um, the claim and the honor of having captured it, then we also have him. It, like it, the, the ship itself isn't, uh, the, the technology might be really worthwhile, but of course, Com Captain Chichilor is thinking from the perspective of what do we gain in diplomatic relations if we fought with this Klingon guy? And he get, gets to claim the honor of preventing this rogue fleet from abusing people. I'm, I'm right there with you, Ralph, but we, do, we can keep the bird of prey. He can have the battle cruiser mm. that we are still going to have to probably fight. But we will have we will man the battle cruiser. Oh, excuse me, the uh, the bird of prey. We will have uh, not wing commander Levine. Who's our badass who's piloting or Captain Levine? No, oh. no, no. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Shavor. Shavor. Lieutenant yeah. Shavor. Uh, we'll be at the helm of the uh, of the Curie, and mm -hmm. we have to don't have to destroy, but disable the battle cruiser. And then which so would I mean, be just throwing this out there, which would be a lot easier using a surprise attack from a warbird. Right. For example, mm -hmm. and mm. we can send um, Monad over there to, you know, hey, that take guy it was over. In it. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. We've dealt with Gapak. It's a ship me now. The whole Klingon group that's here in system is all under Gupak. No, mm -hmm. Gupak no. was a minor captain okay. in charge of the war. Right. Okay. And he's the one that freaked out about the demons of Iron Darkness and right, defied right, right. Okay. orders to stay behind. Right, right. Okay. I thought the, the big ship was that. his. So that, that was, yeah, because I remember that Wudan was like, I want to take a Gupak because he's dishonorable or whatever. You know, Putak, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he specifically didn't want to, like, completely betray all of the Klingons in the system yeah. and stuff like that. So he's not going to, like jump in the warbird and go go a war in against his fellow Klingons with us. Mm -mm. No, my my uh Commander Kidney's thing in mind 
in this particular case, is using the Bird of Prey to get the disabling shot and be like, guys, we, we, we win this one. Here's Winod. He's he's with you. He can tell you about what happened to uh, Kapok. And like, y'all leave. We leave. We just leave this place alone. And, you know, Winod can make up whatever story he wants about why the Klingons should bail. Besides the fact that they said, hey, we're leaving this place. Yeah. Actually, hang on. Um. Regardless, I think we should probably phrase it or probably not phrase it as us giving him anything. No. Yeah. But actually, I know that's how we phrased it out of character, but in character, I think that's probably not a great idea. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm realizing now that Kapok went rogue because he stayed behind and went to the temple of the builders. But the mining crew was part of the normal Klingon Federation. Uh, Klingon Empire, excuse me. Yep. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, so the the Commodore in charge of the flotilla, or the squadron, left some troops here to do some mining. They weren't going to stay long. They were going to mine a bunch of stuff, and then he was going to come back and pick it up and take off with everybody. So they're still out there exploring. But Gupak broke orders, left formation, and came back here. The The D5 being here was a surprise. For you guys. Right. Mm-hmm. So here's another option. Uh, we could all get back to the Curie. We know the warboard's going to decloak. We have people prepared, right, to disable it, and we beam Wadoon over to the warbird. I bet he would like the right to, the opportunity to claim it, right, to claim it through battle, considering Gupak. He didn't have that opportunity. And so we're back on our ship. We're not blown up. He's on the warbird. The warbird's not firing on us. And I think the Curie could take that battle cruiser. Or Hopefully another way to even. think about it is the battle cruiser probably isn't going to try and um, engage the Curie the same way if the warbird doesn't succeed right. with its shot. Yeah. Much as I want to keep the warbird, I think that's probably the way we have to do yeah, it. Yeah, if we want good Klingon diplomacy and not to just murder this one. Yeah. Because that's kind of a dick move. Fun fact, the Federation does have a bunch of jerks, but we're not them. No. Yeah. That's right. I think that's think probably the right people. way to do it. Cool. Though we have an issue of trying to beam Wanad onto the cloaked Warbird. Oh, once it shields it, once it decloaks, we could do that immediately, right? Because it's. Sh- yeah, I guess if we're ready for it. Yeah, if we're ready for it, right? If we know it's going to happen, you know exactly where it's going to be, and we can target it. So we can hit it, its shields go down, right? Because it doesn't have shields on when it's cloaked, but the shields go up when it decloaks. So if we hit it with a disabling shot, so its shields go down, we can then beam Wadoon over. Yeah. Seems Step really one, risky. disable the warbird. Step two, beam Wadoon over, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's able to do stuff with the warbird. Yep. Because we have to be exact on our timing. Exactly. I'll be honest, I'm pretty sure I have a record of when that attack happened because <laughs> Commander Levine gave me a debrief. It's true. I'm, so yeah. A little bit meta, a little bit we didn't do this on camera, but it totally happened. Yeah, my biggest concern is that, like, this is a really tight timeline if we do it this way. 
Well, and the, and the fortune is like it's a tight timeline, but we can have been on the ship for a while. We don't have to arrive right. No, when. yeah, I just mean like actually catching the thing as it's decloaking hmm. is very precise. Well, if if we're if we're going down that, I have a way to suggest um, and possibly support that concern, which is just as Drew said, if we're getting there a little early. Right. Uh, Lieutenant Zeckelin, with the aid of anybody else, right, um, could program, could could do something in advance, a targeting routine or something like that to anticipate what's going to happen so that it isn't something you have to do on the fly. You've already either created an advantage or a plan or something like that. And we so that, might get Winod's help. Yeah, exactly. That might be some some diplomatic roles but yeah. like well, listen we will all shields, turn but... around let you put in the password <laughs> let you do your thing so you're not betraying the the you know klingon empire but you got to help us out here because you're on our ship which blows up if you don't do this that's a good point all in favor of that old action and tight timeline but i think it's maybe our best bet so you're Sounds talking like about transporting to me to the curry Yes. Early. Early. Um, and try and time it at the moment the warbird decloaks and putting Wadoon on the warbird. Yes. Those in multiple different steps, right? Mm -hmm. We transfer it onto the Curie in advance. We make a plan to disable the warbird when it decloaks. When the warbird decloaks, we disable its shields. We transport then we transport Wadoon onto the warbird. And then we, right, the bridge crew and everybody are on the Curie and we do what we need to at that point. So just to clarify, um, go we're ahead, assuming he's going to not shoot us. Who we are? We I mean, us. we will be based on his honor. I think, I think Chris has yeah. got something. To we've say. got we've got a magical time travel device mm -hmm. that can put us anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. I understood that correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing three stages of possible failure instead of just going directly onto the fucking warbird? Uh, because the advantage of us being on the Curie, as opposed to the Warbird, is we need to get back to the Curie. And if we transport Wadoon onto the Warbird, then he gets the honor for having claimed Gapok's ship, even though he wasn't... Um, to to counterbalance the fact that he wasn't able to claim Gapok's body. So mm. this is part of the, the diplomatic approach of giving um, Wadoon an opportunity right. to claim some Can honor. We can Go we ahead. not do that and then have him drop us off on the Curie? He's good. Uh, which actually, yeah, I was going to say, com comes to Craig yeah. okay. because it's more of we a transport us, yeah. you know, clarification of like, you know, Klingon, you know, and some of this is obviously we may, the, the, the out of character probably gets a little in character here where we need to talk to Winod and actually be like, all right, buddy, here, here's our plan, and I, I will tell you just for free because you guys are all military folks and you will understand the tactics. Even if your plan worked the way you're talking about, Wadoon would not have enough time to intercede to stop the attack. The okay. warbird decloaks and opens fire, so you've got a few seconds there to get him mm -hmm. over to the <laughs> warbird. He won't have okay. enough time to actually change the course of events in any full way. Okay. Yeah. So if you want to take that route of taking the warbird out of the fight, I think the only way to, unless you guys come up with something else, but the only way to do that would be on the warbird. 
and disable it or let get Wadoon in charge first okay. before the attack happens. Mm-hmm. And then he can just, if you convince him, not attack. Mm-hmm. And then he can decloak and transport you guys over to the, it depends on how much you trust Wadoon and his honor, I suppose. Mm-hmm. He does not like having his honor impugned upon. Mm-hmm. He insists yeah. he's a very honorable Klingon. Now, from what you guys do know of Klingons, giving somebody a captainship mm-hmm. is a big deal. That's a pretty big bargaining chip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's help him claim it. Cool. Yeah. And to support what you were saying, Chris. Yeah. Let's let's keep it streamlined. One yeah, that was two. my worry. It's like, yeah, I didn't think that timeline was going to work out. Right. But yeah. Well, see, I was anticipating we'd be able to beam him on like before the cloak came down, but you would yeah, be able no, to get a transporter lock with it being cloaked. Right. Mm-hmm. But we have well, a time Jeff travel is. lock. Yeah. <laughs> we can just go mm-hmm. to it. Yep. All right. Yeah. It, se- it seems like that's where the story's going. Yep. <laughs> We're going on the Warbird. We're going to go steal a Warbird. Oh. Um,. Oh, yeah, I was going to say we need Wing Commander Levine and stuff like that, but no, we don't. They'll be in the shuttles. So, like, yeah, we don't want to actually bring them with us because that will be disruptive. And you could even just take the Warbird out of action, however you end up doing it, and let Shavor deal with things as she was doing already Mm -hmm. and let the rest of that all sort of play out, if you want. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we could do it in advance. Yeah, it doesn't have to be at the moment of Mm decloak. Yeah. Let's do that like a day in advance or something. Yep. We'll, 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 we'll go sit on Klingon ship and just hang out and have a little party. And Yeah. <laughs> they got 12 people. They're no match for us. Nah. <laughs> not, well, notably, A, no, they're not. B, we have the element of super surprise. Yeah. <laughs> this is not an ordinary surprise <laughs> attack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. We also have... Weird ass alien tech we can possibly um Yeah. Could help with. Mm-hmm. True. There's bound to be some gadgets here that would be really helpful. Oh yeah, let's get some of that. Go into the captain's quarters when he's sleeping. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> this is bold. It is it is bold. <laughs> <laughs> and as Chris pointed out. A single point of failure. <laughs> yeah. We have four crew members and a Klingon who's not our friend to go. Uh, yeah. We're, we're so in a less fragile detente now. He's, coworkers. I, I think I think Captain Trichelor and Wadoon established an understanding in the course of walking around looking for Kapok. Captain's impressed him. So... This physical prowess in combat has definitely earned some, some gold stars. We ship this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, that's the plan. We get onto the ship. God damn it, Chris. <laughs> um, so with uh, 10 minutes left. Sorry, Doc uh, Hudson's ace. He wouldn't get the joke. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What was I saying? Oh, yes, Craig, we have 10 minutes left. Mm-hmm. Um, do we need to roll anything to search the place? Uh, yes, <laughs> you can, but uh, there is still also the outstanding issue of convincing um, uh, Madun oh, yeah. 
or okay. wanting to go with your plan. Let's do that. So we can do a couple of those things, but <laughs> Wudan has been sitting there watching you guys scheming, sort of, <laughs> you know, huddle over here, and you guys are doing down with your arms, right? Planning and plotting and all that stuff. <laughs> and he's standing over by the chamber. I think in character-wise, this happens yeah, yeah. pretty openly. Yeah. I mean, probably not Doc, but I, I can imagine that, and I don't want to speak for Ralph, but Go right I can ahead. imagine that Titular yeah. would like ask for Woodun's opinion. It wouldn't be like yeah. us coming up with a plan and being, here's what we'd like to do. It'd be like, what? how can we all be made? Because you're, like, you're trying to make an ally, right? So Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that was not our place. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Thank you, Chris. Doc would fucking <laughs> activate the uh, neural wipe oh, or whatever I picked up earlier. That's hilarious. Yes, <laughs> that's right. I can solve this problem. Boom. Take us back to the cure. You cling on prison. Yep. It's almost like a man in black little red pin there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like a neuralizer. Yes, a neuralizer. That's right. But uh, yeah, Captain's that was trying to make some inroads. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Right. Stop this war. Um, One Klingon at a time. So on the There's last, be a bunch of Klingons, hopefully. So in the last eight minutes of the stream, you guys mm -hmm. can do some rolls for getting some gadgets, or we can talk cool. to your Klingon friend, Wadun. I'm happy to wait. If, so, um, if, if there's only time for one, uh, I'll defer to others. I think we'd probably I mean, want to start with Wadun. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine okay. it takes a while to talk through all these possibilities and stuff in character. So yeah. like, there's no reason that the two of these things can't happen sort of simultaneously in yeah, fiction right like we don't have to have to make all the roles together but like several sort of scenes of different people like talking to a dune or talking in pairs and figuring things out all mm -hmm. like not all just like standing in a circle going all right what do we do sure that makes sense also we have all the time in the world because it's a time machine yes yeah, you guys could spend weeks planning it out if you want. But, yeah. Our friends oh, wow. are already dead. We can take as long as we need to, <laughs> oh. to make them undead. Yeah. That's right. Undead, but um, <laughs> sorry, I said just a trigger word. Okay. For a second, I thought when you were saying that like one person could do it, that we can only send one person through. So I was like, oh, we're gonna have to go save our ship, but we're gonna have to stay here. Oh, but all yeah. universe us will get to live. <laughs> you know, I thought of something. Uh, Wing Commander Levine. Let's see. Came down on. How is she going to make it back? She won't need to. She'll be with us up Dude, on the Curie. The Curie yeah. won't explode. Yeah, Curie she'll never explode, have launched. So she won't leave. Perfect. Great. Yep. Sounds good. She might Great. already be out in a fighter ship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that we're going to stop it before that thing would have happened. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Mm -hmm. yep. Excellent. Thank you. All right. I'm no longer worried about the stuff. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, so we can get some gadget rolls if you want, or you can do the talk. Yeah, I'm happy to engage with you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As we have been, and just mm -hmm. um, make that formal. Mm -hmm. Right. So you walk up, and what uh, doing is kind of looking you over. Yeah. What are you Federation scheming over there? Uh, we are planning a way that you can preserve your honor, claim the conquest you wanted before. We can make it up to you that we stood in the way of you doing that once and we can get our ship back and possibly allow the two of us to make good on the understanding that we've developed over the course of the recent period 
What do you mean? What I mean is this. We can go anywhere we want with that machine. I suggest that we, and hear me out as I describe this, please. I suggest that the five of us transport onto the cloaked Klingon warbird one day prior to its assault on the Curie. We disable it. You take command. When the call is made for the warbird to decloak and disable the Curie, it does not. You transport us to our ship. You have taken Kapok's ship. You claim right of the killing and disabling of Kapok. And the battlecruiser has no further reason or the ease that it had before to attempt to destroy our ship. Hmm. And, you know, take the dilithium that the Klingons have already mined and leave system as your uh, fleet admiral commanded. That far in advance, Kupak may be on his ship. Hmm. All the better, right? Yeah. I think. Kill him again. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. That becomes problematic. I propose going closer, appearing on the Warbird when we know that Gupak is no longer there and his extra crew are no longer there. Hmm. Well, then, then, this is why we talk to you. You are a cunning commander. <laughs> flattery. <laughs> I will then challenge the acting captain, tell him I have slain his captain, and I will take his ship and fight him for it. If I am victorious, his ship becomes mine. His crew will serve me. And if you lose? You take it. He won't lose. (laughs) I know he won't. But if. Um, The captain raises his Ushantor. If I lose, then I will no longer care. Very well. Sounds good. Uh, would you like me to dust you down with the dust of Kapok? <laughs> <laughs> that won't be necessary. They will know that I was victorious. Well. Ancient Earthers had a pre-battle technique. Scribes cocaine. (laughs) 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 Commander Kidneyle writes that down in his book of like things to try. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. We're decided. Yes. I believe so. Mm -hmm. Five minutes, maybe 10. Having already yes. had time to look through some gadgets ahead of this discussion, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, and actually, that's pretty good because that'll give Craig some time over the week to, to figure out what gadgets. gadgets we might find. <laughs> oh, I already have a table. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's handy. He's going to yep. have you roll 1d35. Yep, that's right. Sorry, I slurred that. 1d35. 1d35, yeah. All right. Um, so I guess that's it for tonight. We'll find out uh-huh. next time. Can, can we well, can we fade uh, out as the captain is looking at Wadoon? Mm-hmm. And um, 
he says to when he says, "Okay, we're decided," and he says, "Yes, we're doing this together." Ship it, and the Klingons go like, yeah. <laughs> "Um." So we'll open up next week with some gadget searching and development and that kind of stuff. Might be you guys boarding action things, and then it'll be a boarding action against a Klingon Wolverine. Yes. Probably a shorter session, and that I think will probably wind things up for mm. the Star Trek Adventures miniseries. So that'll be next week for the finale. Ooh, <laughs> Drew in shambles. And there's the alarm going off in Drew's head. Ooh, Actually, my biggest my biggest concern is just making sure the art is there. If the art's there, I can make everything else work. Because uh, oh, let's yeah, be we honest, got this, yo. your, your first your your first session, man, you all are just going to be yep. meeting people, and you'll actually meet pe- more people than Moraine yeah. from the you know. Yep. <laughs> for rescue one and and uh the herald and nobody else <laughs> in episode one it's like yep two people right. <laughs> sorry um so i guess that's uh, it for us tonight folks thank you very much for joining us on this little star trek adventures mini series uh please join us on discord it's just an awesome community of people just just being nice to be around at eat into dot space but if you're so inclined, we invite you to support us on uh, Patreon at staylucky.club. Uh, the money we raise there goes to refresh hardware and um, uh, pay for new art, which is awesome. I can't wait to see. Up I want to see Patreon. Theo. I haven't even seen the clean roughs with Theo yet. I'm so excited. Um, so uh, feel free to, to help us out there if you like. Um, and I guess uh, we'll see everybody. Because oh. we also mentioned it last week. Well, a few days ago for YouTube, you know, TriantCon is on. Check out the oh, links right. below. Um, like I said, Chris and I have some stuff that we're running. Chris's spots are probably already full by the time you're seeing this YouTube, guys, because <laughs> Chris is so much time, more popular. That's true. I am incredibly popular and good looking. Um, <laughs> when I checked earlier, when we spoke about it, there are two seats left in Thirsty Soid Lesbians. Is mask full up? Masks is full. There is a wait list, just in case anybody has to step away. But there, there are currently nine spots for my mage game, uh, and there is a bunch of other stuff. Go check it out. Um, like, there's some have, really, really cool oh, stuff. Two sessions. Got yes. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. like, I'm gonna try oh! and run nine, ten people in, <laughs> in one game. No. Uh, in four hours, everyone can cast one spell. <laughs> that's probably about right. Uh, so yes. Um, if you're not familiar, Triatcon is being put on by uh, Terry Robinson, and I cannot remember the other guy who uh, who is the two pairs of uh, Werewolf the Podcast and uh, Mage the Podcast, um, the other mage, um, and um, Mage the Ascension, just so I'm clear. Um, and they are uh, basically, the, the con is all about Try it con. It's all about trying out RPGs you haven't had a chance to play before or curious about or were intimidated by the rules. It's literally for you as a newbie to sit down, play and have a game introduced to you. Nobody is expecting you to show up knowing the rules or with a character or even how to make a character, though. Some games are doing character creation because I think Chris is doing character creation for both of uh, their games. Uh, Mage, I promise I will provide pre-gen characters, but you can make your own. Uh, you just got to message me so we can figure things out. Um, and then also, I'm, go ahead. I'm, I'm doing character creation because they're powered by Apocalypse right. games and it takes... 10 minutes. 10 oh, minutes, yeah. 20 minutes tops. Yep. 
And then uh, Wednesday nights is now officially my open door. Come hang out um, and uh, and and watch me do prep, which eventually I'll figure out how to blur my screen. But right now it's it's um, spoiler free, uh, sort of. You're we're just doing NPCs and and locations and stuff like that. I'm hiding all of their personalities and goals and stuff like that, so you don't know anything about that. But uh, we've had some very interesting stuff. Thank you, chat, for coming and hanging out and helping me invent some characters that I never would have written myself, uh, but are kind of brilliant. So that's that's cool. And you can bring your like mage questions or whatever. Yeah, we're, we're hanging out, listening to some cool music. Cool. Um, I think that's it. So uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week for the finale of our Star Trek Adventures miniseries. Join Bye. us next time for more bold action. <laughs>